From Hong Kong, Chicago and the city of Stoke-on-Trent, this is the Classic Lenses Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 136. My name is Simon Forster and I'm joined by Johnny Sisson and Perry G. Hello Johnny. Good morning. And hello Perry. Yeah, hello, hello. That's it, we've, we've managed to get onto a podcast two weeks on the trot. I think uh, that's like, well, well done us. Uh, so uh, well done Perry, well done Johnny. This is going to be hopefully, hopefully, um, the last of our email catch-up podcasts, and then we're going to uh, try and actually possibly even have a guest or something next week. Um, so we'll see how we how we get through. So it's uh, it's part three of the trilogy of uh, of emails. Um, but before we do some of that emails, let's have a, a pretty brief catch-up um, as to where where we've all been and what we've been doing or not. Um, so, uh, Perry, what's what's been happening on the Hong Kong scene? I am currently sipping on the world's most satisfying and most refreshing glass of water. But apart from that, I still haven't gone shooting. Uh, I'm going to try to do it the Saturday morning before I uh, go back to work. But I did. I, I've, I've ordered a bunch of film a while ago because um, there was like a bulk discount. And then I totally forgot about it because... All the mail and everything internationally is being delayed because uh, COVID. And I it, it arrived last week. And so now I have 60 rolls of film having uh, having not shot in a while. So that's now just occupying my fridge. But it's nice because I know I, that's going to last me. You know, I went through this spell through the kind of middle of all of this uh, craziness where I was shooting like two, three rolls a week. Um, because I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't going to work or anything and I kept running out of film. And so when this chance popped up to buy a crap ton, I jumped on it, but now I'm so busy with work. I have no time to shoot. And it's like a paradox, you know, <laughs> that's all that's, I still haven't bought Pickler. <laughs> I haven't done anything else. I'm just drinking water and really enjoying how refreshing this is. <laughs> so, I mean, you're, what's the date now? Uh, is, oh, where's my th- cursor gone to give me a date the 19th of november so we're now halfway through uh november um this is mm-hmm. effectively three quarters of the way through your yeah, yeah. Uh, your no not november um period of time have you started making lists of things that uh for, for when the when the day comes you can start and hit ebay and uh, go down to the little garden and things like that well wait, wait, wait no we know we established that i'm allowed to buy accessories right I am I'm waiting for a little garden to make a couple of things for me so I can adapt a couple of these lenses that I've got kicking around. Um, but the goal was to not buy anything until the end of the year, so there's still a ways to go. Oh right, so no, I, I forgot yeah. about that. I didn't. I've, I've, I think you know he can't possibly be that ambitious. No, because no, not November started way before November. It's oh. going to continue well beyond November. Right. Wow. It's like you know, for for a lot of the world, we're still in March right now, so that's just the way things are going this year. Hmm. Having said that, I mean, I haven't really felt the urge to buy anything, although there's currently this pretty reasonably priced Rodenstock 35 2.8 Kilogon uh, on eBay, which is the only lens I was going to let myself buy. So I'm kind of eyeing that, thinking, mm, this is within the price range that I'm willing to pay, but slightly unsure of the condition from the description. So I'm just eyeing it and trying to make it, uh, trying to restrain myself a little bit. And, you know, my favorite shop, Photopia, here has been having 
having both an autumn sale and an autumn sale part two. Uh, so that that's requiring incredible restraint. But I mean, having said all of that, right. I wonder if now, given that I haven't done Jack in weeks, I wonder if now is a good time to reveal why I'm doing no, no November in the first place, mm. because you guys know, but I've, I've held off on revealing that for, uh, for a couple of months now, I think. Should I do it? Yeah, go for it. All right. So, the reason I am doing this No Nut November, a lot of people know this already because I've been posting stuff on Instagram, um, is I, I bought something immediately after our episode with Dan Tamarkin. Uh, you probably see where this is going. And after I bought said thing, I was like, oh man, did I really just buy one of these? I really got to stop buying stuff. Uh, and so... I told myself, okay, this is going to be my last purchase for 2020. And so, in front of me, I have the last thing I bought. Uh, and this is 100%, no, this is 99% Dan Tamarkin's fault and 1% Johnny's fault. Um, so, I have in front of me a uh, Leica MP black paint. And, I mean, this thing is sweet. But after that episode with Dan Tamarkin, when, when, you know, he was gushing all things Leica, I, I was just gassing so hard for a black paint Leica MP. And, and he had one. And I was really tempted to go through him to buy it. And literally the next day, one of these popped up for sale locally from a guy I've bought from before. Really nice guy. Uh, very trustworthy seller. And he was getting rid of his MP because he was moving to a new place. And Hong Kong, as you know, is the, the most expensive real estate market on the planet by some distance. So he's getting rid of a bunch of, you know, things that could help him finance the move. So we met up and the, the real tipping point was I was unsure about this because, you know, every Leica is kind of the same. Um, but I lust after one of these. So I asked Johnny because I know that if Johnny thinks something is a, uh, kind of expensive, flashy piece of crap. He's gonna he's gonna tell it to me straight. So I was like, so what's your opinion of uh, the Leica MP? And Johnny, do you, do you remember what you said? Um, I asked you for your honest opinion on the the Leica MP. I I'm thinking I probably would have said it's the nicest mechanical Leica ever built. Yeah, that, that's Something that's exactly happened. that's yeah. exactly what you said. You said it's okay. the best camera they've ever made. Yeah. Uh, by some distance and i was like hmm that's what i thought because uh, I, I mean i have played with them um but i was expecting you to crap all over it because no know, it's, it's no no not it's i don't even think there's any contest and to me it's far superior to the m6 so yeah yeah so so i i've for sure but i mean i i'm but why why do you why do you say that just out of curiosity um, I, I mean, it, I think, I don't know. I mean, it's current production, right? Mm -hmm. I think they're still pretty, yeah, they're still pretty. It's, it's like the mechanical, uh, mechanical camera they still build. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, the M6s, they stopped making those, what, almost 20 years ago, something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, coming out of the nineties or whatever. I don't know. I just, I, I just assume it's probably, Innovation-wise, the the better-built camera internally. Um, I mean, there's you know, 
what is the it doesn't have a battery right it does it has a meter it does okay yeah, yeah. Did, did they fix the stupid battery setup on the m6 right i'm trying to think back to the last one last time i had one in my it's, hand it's pretty similar i mean I, you you told me the leica rep that you had over at central camera told you in no uncertain terms that this was like the best camera they ever made he did yeah as well yeah so yeah. <clears throat> but i don't know i i, I just i I don't know if the viewfinder is, but I don't know. It just, it seems like there's some subtle, it's subtly a notch better to me than the M6 in a lot of ways. And uh-huh. the M6 has a couple of weird things on it that I think are kind of annoying. Can we just take so, a, 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 a step back there a second, a, a half a minute. Um, this is a camera that's still in production by Leica. Mm-hmm, and yeah. the Leica rep said it's the best Leica. Yeah, but he's okay. the kind of guy who would say if something is shit, he's like he has no problem saying it's shit. Yeah. So, I, so I I I take his statement to be, you know, especially to us personally, and not speaking to a customer, he is a completely unbiased statement. I mean, he's he's you know he goes there, he okay. knows what they're doing no, production no. wise. I know. get it. A a completely yeah. unbiased like a salesman. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, has, yeah. He has no sure reason that he has no need to sell us on the Leica MP at the yeah. camera shop. Yeah. So you know, now it, <laughs> does he try really hard to to what's the, what's the big digital monster they make? That's an oversized Sony. You know, he tries to sell that oh, up. The SL. Yeah, the SL, which is just a joke. I mean, it's just a joke. You say that, but I think that camera is ridiculous as well. But everyone I know here who has an SL or an SL2 well, yeah, absolutely yeah, raves about yeah. it. Of course they do because they've bought an overpriced, <laughs> oversized piece of likeness no, that no, but is these, these unjustifiable are have... by, any, by any human means. It is an unjustifiable camera. So, I, yes, I have no doubt they do. I, I agree I, with you. I think that camera is absurd. But, I mean, a couple of my friends who have, you know, absurd numbers of cameras – uh, and so don't have a particular reason to like, you know, to to, to brand defend, so to speak, right? Yeah. Seem to really like that thing. Yeah, I don't I know it, why. I think I it goes with why, the territory. I think when you own a Rolls Royce, there's no you you have no incentive not to think you made a good purchase. So, yeah, that's I, fair enough. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't buy into the SL at all. So yeah. he, you know, he talks about that camera because he's got to sell them. But he he doesn't really need to sell MPs. No, they sell themselves. Like the, they the, sell themselves, right? It's not yeah. a camera that he has to try to sell. Anybody who wants one's going to get one. They, you know, they're they're as probably as craftsman like a piece of machinery that they've ever built at this point, because okay. they do so many other things. Well, the other so, the other the other big question uh, is what's the what's the advanced lever like? Yo, dude, this thing is so freaking sweet. So first of all, just to build on Johnny's point there, the the MP, I've wanted one for ages and I've held off buying one, right? And as we discussed with Tamarkin, there's a global MP shortage. And I, and I saw a used one in Hong Kong listed before that episode for like $2,000 more than I paid for this one. And it, it went like that. Um, so people are out there hunting for these things, you know? Um, the advanced lever is the best. It, it's so freaking smooth it's insane i was thinking about the shape of it but i can i can see 
I it's, can see it's, it's, the correct, it's, 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 yeah, yeah. it's it's the correct shape. That's okay. Oh yeah, it's it's the right one. This is this is spectacular. I mean, the only thing I would change about it would be the frame lines. Uh, I would get rid of the seventy five millimeter frame line. Um, but it this is so freaking sweet, man. I mean, it's it's small things. It's hard to explain, but like the viewfinder, there's yeah. the MP viewfinder has this new anti glare thing, right? Um, right. and so it it doesn't. It's really not susceptible to flare. The, not like the M6 and others are that susceptible to flare, but under under the right light at the right angle, they can they can give you a bit yeah. of ghosting. You know, none of that with this. Um, obviously, it's black paint, which is <laughs> mm-hmm. the best. And it, you know, every Leica feels different. Like my M4, my M2, my M3, they all feel different, even though they have the same shape lever because I because I switched the one in my M4, but. Every little thing on this just feels better made. Yeah. The advanced lever feels better made. The shutter speed dial feels nicer. The yeah. rewind feels better than on my M2 and M3. Like it, it doesn't get tight the same way that they do. The yeah. bottom it cl- it latches on uh, more perfectly and just like clicks in place more perfectly. The meter LEDs when I'm using them are nowhere near as obnoxious as on the M6. Well, um, what's and where's the battery cover cap? No, it's the same design. as the M6. It's it's this thing. It is the same, right? Okay. Yeah, but All that right. means there's no self timer. Um, but the finish is much the, nicer. It doesn't have the stupid bumpers on the side either, does it? Does those, uh, it doesn't have, does, I, does it have the little rubber bumper thingies on the edges? Oh, not rubber. The finish is different, and I know the original yeah. MP. This one because it's secondhand didn't come with it, but the original comes with two two different covers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can kind of choose the style you'd like. I think I think John is talking about where the um, the, the little the anti rub bumpers by the strap lugs. Yeah. Oh no, you mean, oh, you mean those, those things that break off? No, they're not. Yeah, they got yeah. rid of those yeah. bed bullshit. Yeah. No, no, it's yeah. it's proper, proper. Right. Like this right. thing is built like it's, and that's what I mean is it's a it's a cumulative like set of little tiny uh call them upgrades or refinements or whatever that taken as a whole, it does have a fe- a different feeling mm-hmm. when you hold it. And, it. and it has a different, slightly different look to me through the viewfinder. It so. does. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's not that heavy. Right. Um, but the other thing is the, sh- the shutter is orders of magnitude quieter than all my other like apps. Right. Yes. Like, Which is, Yeah. Which Massive. is basically what what all of these little things are. When I talked to the Leica rep, which he he more or less mentioned several of these things as well, and mentioned the shutter. And he's right. I mean, that you guys like it's to me, it's inarguable. <laughs> it's just it is it is what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. So. And it's got. I mean, there's just so many little touches. You know, they went back to um, the M2 M3 style mm-hmm. uh, frame line preview and and rewind button, which is the best kind. Like on the M4 and M6, they they have those rectangular edges and feel kind of cheap. Yeah. Um, the there's no red dot. Instead, there's the screw that you can take out for rangefinder adjustment. Uh, and then the 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 lens release button has the little collar around it, collar. which yeah. uh, some of the earlier models don't. Right. Yeah. Just you're right. It's all the little touches that just come together and makes the thing. You know, it's, the P stands for perfection, right? It's just perfect. Yeah, I mean, it, to me, it's like one of those things where you just just go, just give them credit for knowing their own product so well and the history of their own product so well that they did all those little things 
right? And it just it kind of, it all kind of makes sense. I mean, to me, they could like basically never they never need to engineer and build a different camera than that. And I mean, in all honesty, they probably won't. It may be the last mechanical camera they ever build, and they may be building it. You know, I would think hopefully in perpetuity, but who knows? Um, but I, you know, I. It's to me. It's just. It's the. It's quite obviously the apex of all the cameras that they've built up to this time. You know, <laughs> without. Yeah. I mean, without. It's like they don't even need to, to brag that. It just. It is what it is. They just. That's what they did, and that's what it is. And people who yeah. want it will just. Will just get it. You know, they don't have to sell it to anybody. Exactly. I mean, they can't make them fast enough to meet the right. demand. So, right. you know, I, I was skeptical, um, but I've always lost it after one of these. Uh, but when people talk about, you know, the black paint MP, but now that I've got one, I, I to, uh, yeah, it's, it's totally worth it. It's totally yeah. worth it. And black paint's nice. Yeah. Just so now you, can, now you can sell all your other cameras <laughs> <laughs> and you're done. I, I think hey, if I had to sell everything else, I think, Without question, I mean, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna keep this, and it's fine yeah. with this lens, the 35 super pro. I've got to yeah. say, it looks just like my X Pro One, which I think is a uh, fine looking camera. You know, I mean, when you held it up first, thought, oh, he's got, he's got a Fuji. Right, right. The the, X, <laughs> the, the, the Leica MP looks like the X Pro One. Right. Yeah. It looks like the X100T. Uh huh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, which yeah. is which same, is the same, a, the same way. Go on. I was going to say, which is actually still a disappointing camera, but there you go. Same way that you look just like your son. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. That, that's, that's why we were doing No Nut November. Very pleased with this thing. That makes sense. Actually, I've just got one one observ- well one other thing to say about this, this this camera. So I'm looking at a picture of one now, and it's to me it's 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 just like a very streamlined version of a. Uh, uh, of an M2, um, mm-hmm. and I've, I've just spotted here that the uh, the film rewind uh, isn't canted over uh, like like right. it is on the uh, like on the M6. The uh, they they went back uh, to yeah. doing it before. Was is there a reason for that? Did they did they just get it wrong? It's better. Yeah, it's better. Yeah, it's also that rewind is not that cheap ass flimsy thing that they have on the M6, yeah. right? which mm-hmm. gets bent. I mean, I've yep. seen so, I've seen so many of those things that are bent and they get dinged really easy. It's like it sticks out on the camera just enough that everybody dings it on something and then it doesn't work right. I mean, it's was that uh, Yeah, M6 is to me a highly overrated camera. I'm just saying it's not overrated, it's the hype around it is overrated that everybody wanted an M6. And then you know what? All these son of a bitches would come into the camera shop. Oh, do you have an M6? Do you have an M6? Like, yeah, we have an M6. Like, oh, that's nice. Like they they had nobody is ever intending to actually buy one who says they want an M6. Everybody's full of shit. So anyway. (laughs) And this this wouldn't even be on their radar. So yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the M6 is is one of the most functional Leicas. Um, yeah. I, I love mine, but if you want to get a Leica, that the prices are absurd now, but it's the one that kind of does everything and still feels like a Leica. Um, but but the, the reason Simon why this knob is better, in my view, apart from you know Johnny's right, they they bend really easily on the M4, M6, and stuff. But this one, when you're rewinding with the other style knob, it, it's I find it's pretty easy to kind of lose your grip on the little tip. 
And if you lose your grip, it just starts spinning backwards. And that, I, yeah. that's really irritating. Whereas this, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it, it stays in place. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's the real charm. Plus it looks better because you have just like the, the, it, it fits perfectly with the profile of the camera. Um, unlike the, the diagonal one, which kind of sticks out as a weird edge. Yeah, it's it's more X Pro One like definitely for for, for that that uh, detail there. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, are we are we done with rangefinders now? Can we uh, can we go somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, let's uh, let's head over to Chicago and uh, see what uh, what Johnny's been up to. I definitely have not been buying M- uh, MPs. All <laughs> 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 I can tell you. I have I have not bought anything camera related since early in the summer when on a whim uh me and Robbie were talking about a I think it was was it on I can't remember who had it on eBay but oh I know who it was that local that local seller I bought from who had a uh Scoper X 35mm for the Icarex the Icarex mount um she had one for like a hundred bucks and I bought it on a whim and have not even come close to putting it on a camera. So I have not bought anything since then camera wise and have no intention to buy anything camera wise at this point. So, um, so I have nothing new to talk about camera wise. <laughs> Do you, uh, how's, how's things in, in Chicago? I mean, where, where I am, it's, it's pretty much locked down again. I mean, are you able if you wish to, uh, are you able to freely go out and take take pictures and things? Uh, sure, if I want to die, yeah, I could go out and take pictures. The positive case positivity rate is over almost eighteen percent here. Yeah, one you, one in. I mean, it's like you go out and one in fifteen people has COVID. Yeah. But it is possible to <laughs> go outside and avoid people and take photos. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, I I, I could. I I, I was out. Uh, what a weekend or a half ago weekend ago I did a 20 mile 22 mile bike ride so yeah I, I can get out it's no problem yeah. just have to avoid everybody yeah so so you know what's funny um, our our COVID rate here in Hong Kong has been pretty low kind of low single low double digits for the last couple of months um, I, I think we had two local cases yesterday but uh, there were a bunch of outbreaks of the common cold in the kindergartens, and the government <laughs> decided to shut down the kindergartens. Holy crap. We were like, what the f***? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, the schools, schools have never opened here this year, and they're the, the, the you know, this public schools, they're saying they're going to open in. I think April or March, they said, or Damn. after that. Well, I, I, maybe they said sometime after the new, anyway, they're pie in the sky planning right now. It's not going to happen. Um, not, not with the, the mayor doing a, it's not a shutdown. It's a request. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's another pointless request that people behave themselves, which is working out just fantastically everywhere in, don't tell me what to do, America. Um, so yeah. Anyway, we're we're totally screwed. <laughs> we're we're just yeah. the long and short of it is we're completely screwed, and and nobody nobody can do anything about it at this point. You know, you know, for for 
everything about how screwed up it is here in Hong Kong. And it's everything other than COVID is totally screwed up here. When I have conversations about the situation with people, the one recurring theme is, mm, could be worse. We could be living in America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. But at yeah. least, you, at least your, your, your presence is taking these, uh, I don't know, the last 60 plus days of his presidency, he's taking it very, very seriously and working really hard uh, yeah. on, on COVID and things like that, I believe. Yeah, he's, he's working hard on that and smooth transition of power and supposedly yeah. the world's greatest democracy. And yeah, it's all, good. it's all good. Everything's wonderful. Everything's wonderful here. <laughs> I'm just looking at Perry holding up a box of film to his head. <laughs> I did take a photo, I think, uh, middle of last week, maybe? I actually took a photo. So there's that. Did you do it on a classic lens? I did. On a classic camera, no less. Classic lens on a classic camera. Yeah. Wait, you took one photo? Were you, were you shooting large format? Well, I mean, I took probably five photos of the same thing. So I counted all as one photo. Mm-hmm. You know? So, But I, I did expose frames of film sometime within the past month are you are you going to tell us what what lens you used i don't think i remember what it was oh no i know what it was it was the batman bessa and it was the uh the 30 the 35 uh 2.5 uh scope scope r why do you use that over the canon because it's smaller i don't know Cause I just Is felt it? like, yeah. Cause I just felt like leaving it on the camera. It's, okay. it's smaller and lighter. I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have a good answer. I just left it on the camera because it was on the camera mm-hmm. and it's, mm-hmm. and I, so lens, I feel like I should use more. So it's on the camera. So that's my, yeah, that's my only excuse for using it. So it's a fine lens. Flavor of the day. Yeah. Well, I, I went, I, I tried about three occasions to go out into the garden to just to take photos, and um, and I failed miserably. Um, I mean, I've gone out there with uh, either a a Petri uh, Kurubayashi Oracle fifty f two uh, on the Sony, and I've been into the garden uh, with uh, using using the Fuji X X Pro one. Um, with a with a lens that I've been waiting um, to use on that because uh, and pe- it's something that Perry has sent over to me, um, mm. and that's the Olympus Pen forty uh, millimeter f one point four. I've waited to use that one of those for so long, and I just really want to use it on that camera, and it feels right on that camera as well. I mean, I've said it a few times about I like to use lenses that uh, are matched with the center size. And that's exactly what that does uh, with, with that Fuji, because it's a half frame lens. Um, but I've, I've, I seem to have discovered that I go out into the garden now and I, and really that means I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and take bokeh shots. That's the only reason why I would go venture into the garden with a lens. And, and I, I'm really struggling to get bokeh shots at the moment. I'm thinking, well, you know, it's as if like something, something's like, my, my brain's being rewired 
Uh, because it used to be that, you know, I'd, I'd put a lens on, run out into the garden, as long as it's not windy, um, and then and then come come back with a bokeh shot that I'd be quite happy with. And at the moment, I'm just, just struggling to get anything that, that interests me, uh, that, that I like. I don't know if I'm just bokeh out or not. I don't know. Yo, you know, you know uh, one thing that I do when I'm trying to test lens bokeh um, that's not sort of a traditional bokeh shot is... Don't go out in the garden or like use the great outdoors for bokeh, but find something like really brightly lit, uh, like a bunch of random lights inside, or even like, your laptop screen. My favorite is your laptop screen with a picture of trees blown up on it. <laughs> you got some mad bokeh, and then hold it really close. Hold the the lens really close up to your subject. So this this picture of trees in the background, so that it's literally just just regular trees, or the trees in out of focus slightly, or uh... no, no, no. So 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 it's regular trees. Usually it's shot like up. I like the pictures of trees where the camera is looking up, so the trees are kind of you know you you see them going away from you rather than from eye level. Yeah, uh, and they're kind of converging in the middle, and then I I, I bokeh that. <laughs> um, um, and it Perry, looks really cool, <laughs> Perry. You 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 need to you need to share uh, this this tree image into the Facebook group. You know that video I shot of the turtle, um, dancing to Kalisa's milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That 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 was that background. <laughs> yeah, but you need to. No, I I think I think you should share it into into our Facebook group and let let people then use it. Um, for for their bokeh shots and and uh, just see what people actually do with with that background uh, with 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 various lenses because that could be uh, it's not a, we we don't do challenges and things um, but I think that's something that uh, I think people might find interesting uh, to do. Okay, it's from a BBC article. I will share it. I will oh, it's, it's not your photo. No, I put it on my screen. And why would I have use my own photo for bokeh? You can just use anything, right? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I literally just Googled trees and picked a picture, and that I chose the best one. So anyway, right. I've sent it in our chat. You can see which picture I'm talking about. Okay. So I just blow that up, fill the screen with it, and then and then make it out of focus. I, that's cool. that's a that is a great idea. I've often thought that uh, a great new way to do photography would just be to use uh, Google Earth. And you could just go anywhere and just pull it up on your screen and just do a street view picture. Just take basically take pictures uh, off your screen off of uh, street view, and then and you then, have and, to go and then, out of, go out of the house ever. Yeah, and then turn them into bokeh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the other thing that makes it look cool is because it's on your screen, it's backlit as well, so it's like light yeah. bokeh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, give it a shot. It's good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> on screen bokeh is the best bokeh. Um, well, apart from not taking many photographs or take or, or failing to take photographs, I have actually bought some stuff. Um, the only problem is I can't really talk that much about it because it hasn't arrived yet because it's uh, uh, it's in a different country, um, and uh, it's going to be probably about two weeks before I get it. But uh, I'm really excited about some of the stuff. Um, I mean, this is technically stuff that I bought to sell. 
um, which I've hardly sold any, any camera equipment now for about six months. So I really need to start um, letting, letting some of this stuff go. Um, but in particular, um, it's a uh, Mamiya C3, C330 uh, camera. Um, but the, the particularly interesting part about it is that it's got a um, the Mamiya uh, 105 uh, 3.5 lens on it, which is a Heliar. Which, um, so that that makes us um, that makes us all very very excited. So um, mm -hmm. I'm I'm looking forward to giving uh, giving giving that one a go. And really, the rest of my time, I've just been making more and more lens caps. Uh, not necessarily for rear lens caps, but front lens caps. And uh, um, the latest one that went out was some somebody got in touch with me and asked me, "Can I make a lens cap for a, a Ricoh Flex 7 TLR?" And yes, um, as long as I've got the dimensions that I, I require, I can pretty much make a lens cap for anything, I think. Um, and that was one of them. So that's quite an interesting camera because it's, uh, again, it's a TLR, um, but it's one of those TLRs that uses gears uh, between the two lenses. So you, you, uh -oh. you uh, focus, focus one lens by turning that lens and that in turn... Um, focuses the uh, the viewing lens i assume it actually i'm not sure which way which one's dominant actually actually it'll be the uh <laughs> perry's just showing the picture of his um uh, constructor uh, lens one of those uh, cameras one of those things that you make make yourself uh, that uses mm -hmm. the same same principle um that's right. yeah so that was a that was a, a fun little project so uh, that's that seems to be where i'm headed at the moment making making lens caps for weird and wonderful things um and i think that's pretty much the three of us done i think oh do you, do you still do you, I, I didn't send you i gotta find my vernier but you you still do you still need measurements of uh roloflexes Simon? i certainly do oh i gotta send those to you today i meant to do that yeah we'll have a, we'll we'll have a chat about those and, excellent uh, and excellent get, so i know exactly what i need uh, to make those things happen so that'll be cool um right then so shall we um get back into part three of our uh, listener emails uh, trilogy. Uh, so we've had some really good emails over the last two episodes, and we've got some good ones as well this time round. So, uh, <coughs> are you are you ready for this, Johnny? I believe so. Yes. Excellent. Um, and we're actually going to talk about. It appears we're going to talk about lenses. Yes. Again. Because uh, yeah, because our first email. Let me see here. Let me make sure I got this right. Uh, I think I had, had it in there twice. I did. Okay. Uh, because we have an email from Dominic Samuel from, uh, we don't know from where yet. Yes, we do. Uh, anyway, subject Pentax feedback and Dominic from, and it just says Dominic from Germany, smiley face. Um, so he says, hello peeps from the classic lenses podcast. After listening to like 75 episodes of your podcast and very much liking the dynamic between different Eng Englishes. <laughs> I do feel you still did not wait. I do feel you still did not justice do justice to the Pentax lenses enough. Um, so now he's going to talk about some lenses. So uh, non vanilla Pentax lenses are M42 auto Takamar 35 millimeter 2.3 Takamar 58 millimeter F2 sonar. Takamar 58mm f2.4 Heliar. Takamar 83 1.9. Uh, so that's his first batch. He continues. The Takamar 1.4 Takamars of any flavor with a U. 
the 15 millimeter lens made with Zeiss in cooperation, the 35 millimeter 3.5, the fast 35 millimeter F2. The 135 is super nice, but does not overshine the others. The super tele lenses were always very nice, but hard to shoot. The 85 1.9 also has fairy dust, F E R R Y. So I'm guessing that's Brian Ferry. Brian Ferry. <laughs> or, someone, or someone just lost their lens on a boat. Yeah, yeah, fairy. It has fairy dust. It has Bodie McBoatface dust or whatever his name is. <laughs> uh, the PK system, he's continuing on now. The Pentax Holy Trinity Legacy Limited Series 31 millimeter f 1.8 43 f 1.9 77 f 1.8 consists purely of brian fairy dust and they all have a unique and special rendering the f 1.2 50 millimeter uh the smck 28 millimeter 2 f2 also made with that with zeiss and the japanese distagon let alone medium format he's continuing the 645 lens is 35 millimeter 120 macro do really shine in 6.7 system. Uh, both lenses, the 105, the 45, 55, 75, 135, and 300 do really shine. But please don't mention Pentax in the show and drive prices up. Kind regards, Dominic. I have no arguments with anything he has said. <laughs> no. So. PK is a uh, a profanity in Cantonese, just by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I've I've no I have no issue with anything he said here. That's whatsoever. Yeah. Although, as far as the the PK lenses go, can we talk for a second about how weird it is that they made the forty three f one point nine in a special edition rangefinder coupled version? Oh yeah. That lens is bizarre, and I don't understand why it exists. <laughs> but I'd take one if I had, if I could get one. Yeah, yeah. People, like people go go nuts over it, but like it's massive. Yeah. Because it's an SLR lens that they stuck rangefinder coupling yeah. on for whatever. I mean, it's a really good lens. It's a fantastic lens. But that particular limited edition just makes me scratch my head a little. What's what's going on with that 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 limited lens thing? Uh, because you got a thirty-one, a forty-three, and a seventy-seven. I mean, what? What, what's what's going on there? Any ideas? I think they just put they didn't round their numbers because they want to be different, right? Well, basically, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you say that, but I mean, the thirty-one millimeters. If you rounded that, it'd be a thirty, and that'd still be a bit odd. I I, I think there was a um, I thought I read something somewhere about the forty-three millimeter was designed to be the. Uh, like field of view perfection lens, essentially, right? Right? Is that forty three right, is because forty three is the diagonal of a thirty five millimeter frame, so it's a te- technically right. like a proper normal where the focal length is the same as the diagonal, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think that carries through with the rest of the line as well. Like that's why mm. they have these twee numbers on them is because they 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 tweak the focal lengths like just slightly for whatever reason. Hmm. Um, and left the numbers that way. So, but for it to for it to be the like platonic form of a normal lens, you would have to have it on a Pentax K camera where the yeah. magnification of the viewfinder makes it so that when you have the forty three millimeter lens on, it's one to one. Yeah, that's, then then you have perfection. I don't know if that's actually the case. 
on any of the cameras, but people with Pentax K lenses go go verify that. Yeah. That that was that was my understanding of it as well. That that was the big draw. I mean, they're not they they seem to be really nice. I mean, I've never used one. They seem to be really nice though. I think I think Hamish Gill's got two of those three. Uh, I think he quite oh, does he? as well. Yeah, I think so. He's been on a Pentax bender. Yeah, but it's it's finished now. Uh because uh, he's he's discovered contact Shishika. Oh yeah, right, right, of course. Yeah. So uh so good on him. He's he's finally uh, he's finally got there. I I would just I just <clears throat> give a shout on this list from Dominic in particular. Uh the the early Takamars, so the Auto Tac 3523 and then those 258s and then the 83 1.9. I think oh, um yeah. I think the Novak has the 83 1.9, but that is a lens I I would really dearly love to have. I have the 80 1.9 is the the one fast portrait lens that I have from out of that group, which is not the 85 1.8. They are two different lenses, but I don't know. I can't tell the difference between them, and I don't ever shoot it anyway. But it's it's the one, uh, you know, 85 millimeter lens that I own in portrait range for slr that i own just because i want to have one that i can put on pretty much any camera you know i can put it on a minolta i can put it on uh, a digital whatever so i i keep it i don't ever use it but i i have it and it's the one that i hang on to but i would love to have that 83 1.9 if i could find could find it somewhere that lens has um, gone expensive uh, and it's so nice yeah all those really early Takamars, I think, are really special. Um, and then the other one I was going to say is the, I think the, I think we've talked about this, but the Pentax 6.7 system is worth owning, owning if the 105 lens was the only lens that existed for that camera. It would be enough to own that entire, justify yeah. that entire system of, to exist, is mm-hmm. my, my opinion. So. Yeah, that's the only lens I have for that system, and it's probably the only one I will have. Yeah. It's just so a complete one off. So, but yeah, no, it's a it's a great it's a great list, and I fully endorse everything he said there. Yeah, even even so. I even I agree with that. Yeah. All right. Okay, moving on from Brian Fairy Dust, we will go to. Have we done? We did Baz, right? Yes, yes. we did Baz. Okay, that's why I had it in bold. Oh, we have Nick Marshall. Um. Nick Marshall sent us an email. He said, subject, Mamiya, continuing here with lenses. Uh, Mamiya Press 100 f2.8 lens in episode number 132. Very specific. Uh, Hi, Simon, Johnny, and Perry. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I don't think the Mamiya Press 100mm f2.8 will cover 4x5 film. All the Mamiya Press lenses cover 6x9. Some cover instant pack film, 3x4 inches and a, a small number cover four by five the 100 millimeter f 2.8 vignettes noticeably in the corners uh on pack film one of your linked articles shows examples or can you see some of you or you can see some of mine on my flicker thread here um you can check for vignetting or coverage with any camera slash lens combo by placing your eye in the corner of the 
uh, film frame and looking through the lens, if the opening is more than half blocked off, you'll get significant vignetting. If you can't see through the lens at all, the corners will be black. Um, many large format cameras have the corners of the ground glass clipped so that you can use this technique. Uh, there is also a good way to check if a lens hood will cover vignetting. This is also a good way to check that. Uh, sometimes people remove those lenses from the helicoids to mount them on lens boards, but the cable release and flash sync socket are not mounted directly on the shutters. So keep that in mind if you try this. Cheers, Nick Marshall. Right, well, uh, he's, he's clearly uh, referring to uh, when I was talking about attempting uh, to put a, uh, this lens on the 100 uh, 2.8, uh, which is... Uh, pretty much a legendary lens in its own, own right um, and uh, I think I have actually spoke about this on the show I've certainly spoke about it on the large format photography podcast uh, because uh, since talking about it I've, I, I have done it um, interestingly enough I, I did it without splitting the helicoid so I just kept the thing in in one piece and built a uh, an adapter onto the lens board so it would go on to because at the end of the day I make lens lens and body cap so I just made a uh, took my body cap not body cap to my lens cap design and then made a lens board from that if you like so it was, it was integrated so it, it went on there really well onto a 4x5 camera um, and the photograph that I took uh, was had a completely back, black background um, and uh, it was an illum illuminated people uh, and which which meant that you couldn't actually see any um, uh, vignette in any way, uh, which sort of was one of the reasons why I actually did it was to see about how bad the vignetting was. So I took photographs where it was impossible to see the vignetting. Um, so that was really clever. Um, the best part about it is it's just beautiful to look through um, on on directly through the ground glass, which is something you don't you don't get to see that very often. Um, there are some versions of the Mamiya uh, press cameras where you can actually put a ground glass screen onto them as well. Um, so a few people will uh, be able to use them that way, like a view camera. But generally speaking, you don't get to see directly through one of those things in the same way as you don't normally get to see through a uh, an LTM lens unless you adapt it to mirrorless. Um, so yeah, it's I'm I'm absolutely certain. Uh, that Nick, Nick is right um, but um, but yeah fortunately I, I found a way to actually use it to, uh, to, to good effect um, but yeah it's it's probably something I probably won't do again I uh, I clicked on the Flickr link in the email and some of the pictures shot on uh, instant pack film look really cool cool so uh, yep thank you for, for that one Nick um, so next one uh, next one is from Fruz Books. He says, hello. Okay, next hello. email after that one. Um, Miles Libick. Uh, subject, looking for permission to leave the world of Leica. Ooh, this could be interesting, huh? Okay. Dearest comrades at CLP, three years ago I left the world of SLRs and cheap film cameras for the irredeemably wonderful world of Leica. It started with an M3 and a dual-range Simicron, and now have a host of older film M's and uh, depreciated digital bodies, as well as some older Leica glass, some first-gen is spherical, and lots of Nikkor LTMs. Uh, I feel that my bougie taste for Leica and teacher salary needs to be forever separated. 
and I enjoy my work too much to consider a move to dentistry. I've long considered narrowing down my Leica collection to one film body and one lens, but worry that I'll forever be looking at the greener pastures and dying of gas. The cold turkey route seems almost necessary. Uh, I'm having daydreams about buying back a GR3 with a Brightline viewfinder sticking Ooh. to a 6x9 folder for film and tracking down a fully depreciated Nikon DSLR for scanning needs and occasional cheap lens gas bout. Uh, thoughts and wisdom regards Miles. I don't know where Miles is writing us from, but it just all depends on where you work, I think, if you work in uh, having a .edu email address or being a dentist are both excellent qualifications for owning anything like a yeah yeah so, it's, it's fairly bougie yeah so I don't know I don't know where he's writing us from because he was writing us from somewhere in the US working let's say as a high school math teacher in a you know teachers union somewhere he'd be doing just fine and he'd be able to afford that. Um, yeah, if you were a teacher but, but here, he'd taken. be totally fine. Yeah, but, but point no, taken. No, no, he's nuts. What are you talking about? You're nuts, Miles. You're, you're, you're crazy. <laughs> you, want, you want to get a GR3? Look, look, look let, 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 me, let me speak directly to you, Miles, man. You, you're worried about the kind of financial investment in all of this, first of all, and the shooting experience, right? The GR3 is going to depreciate like nuts as soon as you buy it. Your Leicas are going to go up in price. Because the supply is fixed and the demand is going up, so hang on to them. Um, keep at least hang on to one and one body. Don't get a GR three. That thing is annoying as hell. Get a GR two. Yeah, because uh, that is much better bang for your buck and it's a better camera because the ergonomics are not stupid like the GR three. Yeah, they totally ruined the GR three. <laughs> they, they they put the grip too close to the lens. So they did. No, it's they, no they ruined the entire ethos of the whole. I mean, how can you take the one thing that makes that camera interesting and just trash it? That's yeah. what they did. And, and I'm not trashing the GR. The Ricoh GR is my favorite digital camera of all time. Yeah. The GR, uh, the GR two, the GR one, the GR three is just they, it, they ruined it. So they ruined yeah, it. They, they completely did. ruined it. Yeah. So no, don't get a GR three. Get a GR two with a Brightline viewfinder. That is a very nice setup. Um, and that's that's not going to cost you that much, right? Six by nine folder, whatever. Um, look, I I met up with an old friend a couple uh, a couple of years ago. And we hadn't seen each other for ages, and we, we'd kind of uh, known each other in, at, at school about 10 years ago. And when I met up with him, I, you know, it had been almost a decade since I've seen him properly, and we were catching up. And I said to him, man, you've been through a lot. And this guy had been through a lot in his life, like a lot, you know, uh, loss, tragedy, um, upheaval, you name it. And I asked him, after all this time, man, uh, what's your biggest regret in life? Without hesitation, he said, selling my M2. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, man. <laughs> uh, well, there's, a, there's another thing in there that's, that, that struck, that, well, Miles, has seen, Miles seems to be doing a lot wrong. Um, so it, it's, I'm really, really pleased uh, that you've uh, you've you've got in touch with us um, because we're saving you money with the uh, not buying not buying a GR3. Um, uh, and Perry's not said anything about the six by nine folder yet, um, 
I think he knows better not to have a go at six by nine folders anymore. Um, so he's going to be quiet on that one. No, um, I think he, Barry, you gave it, a, you gave an approving nod to that. Did you not? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. Keep yeah. six by nine folder. It, it, what difference does it make if you have one or don't have one? Right. right. Yeah, don't get rid of it. Use it. <laughs> no, you can, you can use it. You can have it. I, I don't think it makes a difference in this conversation. Right. But, okay. but I mean, if, if your only film camera is a six by nine folder, you're nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Well, as well, they, they they're great for rustic photos, as as you've said before. Um, so, um, so yeah. I, I, but I, I don't understand his problem. He already has. He already has. He already has a, a, a multiple a, film M's. Yeah. So what's what, and I don't plenty understand. of glass. So is he just feeling? Is this like liberal guilt? That he owns it. He's talking about being bougie. Is just liberal guilt. Right. Yeah. That's that's exactly what it is. This is like you know I, I knew this girl in um in college and she had the I hope none of my old like classmates listen to this show by the way but I knew this girl because <laughs> they know who I'm talking about if they're listening but I knew this girl in college and she was um just this, this white girl and she was really racked with white guilt constantly like to the point where if we went to the supermarket she would find the cracker aisle and stand underneath the sign that said crackers. Uh, and, like, <laughs> and, and make you take like selfies of her. So <laughs> anyway, that, that's that's unrelated. There's there's no good reason, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, um, the, the 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 final point on on here that um, you really need some help with um, is that you're talking about getting a, a Nikon DSLR for scanning yeah. image and a, an okay. occasional cheap lens gas bout. Uh, yeah. why, why a, a Nikon DSLR for those, for those two things, the two, the two things they are most unsuited to doing like the worst possible camera for both of those. Purposes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if, if you wish to use cheap lenses on a camera and have some freedom, it's a mirrorless something. Um, whether that be a, yeah. a crop sensor, full frame, doesn't matter. If you wish to do anything with cheap lenses, you need a mirrorless. Um, otherwise, yeah. you're going to be massively restricted, especially with a Nikon DSLR. Um, yeah. and, and secondly, if you're going to use a camera for scanning, um, again, it's, it's, it's difficult to beat a mirrorless camera because of the, the magnifying function, although you can use live view on a DSLR if, 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 a, if an older oh, DSLR wow. has got that, but yeah. it's not the same as using magnification through, no, a, through an EVF. Not. It just can't compete. <laughs> um, so um, buy, buy a mirrorless, just get whichever one you, whichever one you like, but no, don't do the, D, Nissan, the, uh, the Nikon, Nikon DSLR route. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Yeah. Well, he did open his email saying, dearest comrades. So I'm thinking he's definitely and talking about bouginess. So he's definitely having some, he's definitely having some moral issues, but I don't think you need to extend them to your cameras. Right. And, and if you, if you are feeling the commie pull, just go get yourself some Soviet cameras. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You, you, yes. Get yourself some garbage Soviet cameras and you'll be happy. Yeah. You can put your really nice Nukar LTMs on them even. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, go get a go get a Zorky four, and put a Nikkor LTM on it. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, hundred percent legit. Okay. Okay. Um, we have another email from. Um, I did. Did we? I guess we didn't read this from JD Wagner. I don't think we read this. I feel like we did, but maybe we didn't. But we'll read it again because it's short. Hey guys, love the latest podcast, which I listened to immediately. I missed it. Uh, during your, I missed it during your breaks. 
So thanks for answering my questions about the number of people shooting film. Give you a shout out in my latest newsletter below. All the best. J.D. Wagner, of course, he is the official rod maker slash rod man of Classic Lenses Podcast. Johnny, how is your... So I, I obviously, before we started the show, I was reading this uh, fishing uh, and rod newsletter, and it's pretty cool. Uh, and thank <laughs> you for the shout out, J.D. Wagner or J.D. Wagner. But um, how how is your trout ID? How are your trout identification skills? Me personally? Mm-hmm. Uh, minimal. I mean, I can tell a rainbow from a brown. I don't well, know. I guess I guess I guess there are trout in in the UK as well, right, Simon? And a lake. I mean, I know a lake trout. A lake. So, so a... there's a picture. Well, there's a picture of a trout. The third photograph in his uh, newsletter, and it is a gorgeous looking trout. And I'm just oh. trying to figure out what kind of trout that is because it looks like it could be a brook trout, but it looks like it could also be a golden trout. Um, oh, it's got these, it's got these, I don't have the I don't have the pictures in my copied into yeah. my text file, but it's got these oh, uh, really interesting dots that are kind of red and oh blue. yeah I see it yeah 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 they're yeah with the red with the red dots that's really that's really pretty see I couldn't yeah. that's why I can't do that because I don't want to I I would never want to harm that fish. Well, trout fishermen are really. I mean, if they're yeah, not they, keep, if they're not keeping them to eat them, you can see he's got it in the water there. Yeah, right. Um, and they're really, really uh, particular about caring for the fish. I mean, yeah, that's on, on the one hand, most trout uh, fisheries are stocked, right? So you don't need to feel that yeah. bad because um, the vast majority of trout fisheries in North America are, you know, they're stocked from from hatcheries. So right, the, but, you're okay there as long yeah. as you follow the rules. But at the same time. With trout, the thing is, when you're handling them, you got to make sure you keep them in the water. Yeah. Because um, if you kind of pick them up with your hand and pull them out of the water, then their skin, uh, you you you, re- you kind of remove the slime from their skin, and that can really screw with them. Ah, yeah. Um, so if you get them out of the water and you handle them, you really got to keep them and eat them because they might not make it. So I mean, you can see the way that he's caught this fish and it's it's sitting yeah. in the water. He's handling it properly. Trout right. fishermen are the best, man. They got so much respect for the uh, the animals they're they're messing with. Yeah. No, no, that's okay. that that's true. It's just like I just have a problem. I just can't fish anymore. No, fair enough. I mean in it, general, it is but but it is the world's greatest prank. <laughs> right. Like the fish the fish thinks it's getting food and then it gets pulled into a world that it cannot understand. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. But you're 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 right about trout fishermen. They are the kind of the top of the top. They're the poets of the fishing world. Mm-hmm. Bite, bite. Oh yeah, especially ones that fly fish. No, yeah, no, no doubt. That's what I'm saying. Like fly fishermen are like the poets of the fish, the fishing world. Mm-hmm. So, um, his newsletter is beautiful. Wow. Yeah, the rods are gorgeous too. Wow, holy cow! I really want to try fishing with a vintage rod now. Because it's like it's never, it's never. Oh, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel more vintage every day, Perry. Uh, my I, rod, my rod, it fe- still feels young, though. But you said you don't fish anymore. Oh, we're talking about fishing. Oh, you can fish with your rod. Give yeah. it a go. That's, no, actually, that- I th- my my dad had he just moved to Wisconsin, and um, when he was moving out of the house, I had a fly rod that I got when I was in high school, <laughs> and I I got a a musky rod that was custom made for me. I did some print back when I worked in printing. Uh, I did, I, 
I, I did like a newsletter or something for this guy who uh, was like a, mu- a musky fisherman group. And he, I got a custom rod. I think the guy wanted to get it in my pants, quite honestly, um, looking back on it. But he made a custom musky rod and it had my name on it and everything. That's but I, cool. I, yeah, but I think I think I asked my dad to give them to my nephew, so because I'm not going to use them anyway. Hey, there's a squirrel. He's got a picture of. He's got a pet squirrel. JD JD does named Gimpy. Yeah, Gimpy the red squirrel. Look at that. That's awesome. Okay, with the Boca, he Boca this he Boca his squirrel too. Oh yeah, these are shot with vintage lenses for sure. Yeah, he's got a got a Boca squirrel. Okay, anyway, we all highly recommend that you get JD's uh, newsletter, even if you don't fish, because it's just well done. Yeah, the pictures are nice. Yeah, it's super nice. Okay, moving right along. Um, we have Peter, I'm thinking that's Koshiani. Yep, that's, what, that's how Anthony Rue told us to say it, at least anyway. Oh, was it? Okay. All right. Um, your opinion on color film with a U? He must be at, at he must be from the UK or somewhere or such. Well, I think oh, you'll Australian. Find out in the a, next line. <laughs> yeah, he's Australian. Yeah, okay. Hello, you pack of <laughs> It's okay as I'm Australian, so this is a term of endearment, and and Simon will bleep out part of that because he spells it C and then a couple of characters that you can't read the word. So. Um, anyway, Simon will bleep that out to make it sound like the way it's written. Um, by mid-January, my family take off on a road trip along one of Australia's and the world's great driving tourist roads, the Great Ocean Road. We have, uh, we have hired a burnt orange 1970s VW camper van and we'll be living the simple life for four days. Uh, given we... Given we will be traveling in style in the 70s vehicle, it makes complete sense that I only take 70s 35mm cameras. The Sonys will be staying home. That is a great concept. Mm. I really like this. I like where this is going. Uh, I want to shoot color film uh, only to capture the colors of the sand, sky, and water, which will be very rapidly... which will very rapidly change from light blue to dark ocean blue, especially when... Uh, viewed from the clifftop vantage points along the route. We will also be traveling in the peak of summer, so the sun will be intense. I have asked elsewhere opinions on film choice, but would love to hear your opinions on which color film stock I should take as well. I'm very happy to take more than one camera and have film loaded for the middle of the day uh, another with film loaded for dawn slash dusk, etc. Any thoughts would be most appreciated. Thanks, Peter Kosciani, Emanuel College in Australia. So there's an Emanuel, co- at least one Emanuel College in uh, the Midwest. There's probably like four or five or six of them. There's probably three or four in Minnesota and two or three in Wisconsin. And they probably, I'm guessing, one or two in Iowa as well. So... Emanuel Colleges. I guess I don't think it's a chain. It must be a. Does that, that got something to do with the seventies film? I was just noting that he's from Emanuel College because if you're from the Midwest, like everybody who's a Lutheran went to an Emanuel College somewhere. But that's so I, I mean, know, it's an it, that one's in Australia, right? It's just a really common yeah. I'm just wondering if yeah. there's if there's like 
Australian Lutherans. If it's an Australian Lutheran college, I'm just curious. Yeah, there was an Emmanuel College at uh, at University of Toronto where I went as well. I think was they trained. Lutheran? I think they trained priests or something. Was it? Was it? Was it? Was it a Lutheran? I have no Are idea. Oh, okay. Did they eat a lot of cheese? I have no idea. I never went in there. Okay. Did the okay. Anyway. Just noticed it because it's a big thing here in the Midwest. Um, wow, amazing trip he's got planned. That sounds incredible. Um, I I would I don't know. I would say whatever you do, shoot some slide film for sure, and then pick whatever print film. I was going want, to say. But, I was I was going to say exactly on those lines. I thought you guys were going to go down the the color negative routes. And I was going to... Oh, you can. If, yeah. yeah. Well, no, and then I was going to slip in, well, you should be getting, I don't know, something like, uh, well, ectochrome's back, the, you know, you can get ectochrome again now. So uh, so that, that, could, that could be one on. But more to the point, what could be more 70s than a, than a camera enthusiast's um, trip back home um, with, with the family and the slideshow? I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's got to be the way. That's mm-hmm. true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 1970s colour film, that would have been the Kodachrome era, right? Yeah, yeah, Kodachrome, and also just just uh, you know standard color print film was was getting very popular then as well. Mm. So just I don't know, it would be just old school. I mean, if you really wanted that look, it would just be probably the cheapest, most generic color print film you can find would be on par with seventies color point. print film, expired film, mm-hmm. expired color film. Yeah, although I don't know that I would trust. <laughs> expired color film on a vacation like that i i personally i just to get the vintage look i would not go yeah he's route. he's probably better off with a kind of drugstore film like kodak color plus or fuji cu 200 or something yeah and if you really want to make it look aged just leave it on the dashboard the entire trip <laughs> just get get just i'm serious get get like go to whatever drugstore color film they have and just leave it on the dashboard all the way along your route up here in Australia. And when you're done shooting the roll, just throw it back on the dashboard. And by the time you get that stuff processed, it'll look like seventies film. Yeah. And I mean, given that he's talking about a lot of colorful landscapes with like sand, sky, water and blues and dawn and dusk. Um, I mean, that just screams slide film as well. You know? Yeah. Cause I mean, it'll actually look like the colors that you, that you shot on the trip as opposed to print film, which just was going to, it'll look like something in color, but yeah. it won't. And, and plus the other thing is it, you'll get all of the high to me. I like, I, I love the look of slide film in really high contrast light because it limits the, um, the exposure range is so limited that you, it's like shooting black and white, but in color because you yeah. get really good blacks uh, even though you're talking like height of day, you get really, really good solid blacks. So I, I love slide film for landscape stuff. I mean, to me, that would be absolutely the way I'd go. And it would be really easy to meter for it too. So, Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Ectochrome is probably the way to go. Yeah. I'd be done with that. Cool. And just worth noting, Peter is one of the moderators in Best Vintage Land as well. Oh, <laughs> outstanding. I thought the name looked familiar. Yeah. Okay, Peter, happy trails. Have a good trip. That sounds wonderful. Oh, man. I'm so envious that he gets to travel. Yeah. That was within his own country, but that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay, next up, we have James Cleveland. Uh, subject, the era of webcam. 
and he says, "Dear, dearest Simon, Johnny, and Perry, uh, with the pandemic raging, raging, I'm finding myself talking to my colleagues through a webcam for many hours each day, and I'm sure uh, is a situation that many listeners can relate to. Let's get right to it. I'm f- sick of looking at this wide angle, everything in focus, perspective distorted view." My inner lens nerd yearns for something better. I listen to your podcast enough to know that I'm probably a Fuji camera user, despite not owning one. I'm primarily a film shooter, so I'm inclined to go in the direction to adapt my primarily LTM and Leica M glass. But I wonder if I should be looking at a micro four-thirds camera and adapting a C-mount lens to them for this purpose, which way would you guys go if you were doing this for the first time i'd appreciate your thoughts on the matter best james well james we have an expert here to address exactly this question for you don't do we not mr simon uh well i've done it um the bit where i'm thrown on this one is uh how well or how easily you can do it with a fuji um because ultimately you need a well, there's there's two there's two ways well two ways I can think of uh, of using your your camera for uh, as a, as a webcam. Uh, there's the way I do it, which is using a host of free software uh, that are never designed to work with each other, and then somehow make them work. Um, and and then there's the other way where you've actually got some dedicated software um, that's designed for the, for your camera, um, and it just it's for, almost like plug and play. Um, yeah. The, the, the all the all the Fujis will all the newer Fujis will do that. They will just they, you can tether them. So right, and and that's yeah. and that's really the, the 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 key to my way of doing it as well because my way is is via tethering. Um, so you can, if you can do tether the capture, so that um, uh, if you you've got your um, camera connected to your computer, if you can actually see um, on your monitor what the camera is seeing. Um, then, then you can you can use that as a webcam. Um, like I say, you have to jump through a few hoops um, on how to do that, but it is is absolutely possible. Um, the like like all things, uh, sensor size is going to play a part in this um, because if you're gonna if you're gonna use a, a crop sensor camera, then you're going to be restricted potentially in what lenses are going to be available to you. Um, unless, of course, you do go down the route of ad- adapting some uh, C-mount lenses, which is which has been said here. Um, because, for it, for instance, I I find that a fifty-eight mil <clears throat> a fifty-eight millimeter lens uh, on my Sony full frame as a webcam is perfect for what I actually need it to do, and that and that's at two point eight. Um, so you but you're going to have to be at a I don't know a a um a, tw- a 28 millimeter lens possibly uh, which generally speaking are, are slower lenses um so 28 2.8 you're going to have plenty uh, if you if you actually want selective focus which is sounds like you do um then using a wider angle lens is going to make that job harder unless you're using a fast uh wide angle lens um, whereas I suppose if you go with the micro four thirds and you go with the C mount lens, then a lot of those lenses are actually very, very fast uh, to start off with, even though they're relatively short focal lengths, but you're using a, a smaller sensor. Um, so it, it's, I would say, calculate the angle of view that you require and then work out what lens is actually going to do that job and will it be fast enough to, to blur out the background? That's, that's my advice. 
I, I yeah, I, I love that idea of using C mount lenses um, because you can get some pretty just funky looks as well. It's good advice. Cool, cool. Okay. Um, I seem to be at the end of the email list. Is that possible? No, it's not possible. It's okay, not good. possible. No, I didn't and, think so. So no, and and the reason why it's clearly not possible. Um, is that um, there was a bit of a reaction uh, to last week's show. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So did, yeah because if you, if you remember... You along here? Sorry, say again? Did you send something along here, Simon, or are you just going to review it? Oh, I'm, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send... I'll, I'll send over the, uh, the next section to, to you oh, both very, very shortly. Um, okay. Um, but bef- before, before I do that, I'll just, just explain to our, our, our listener... Um, and that is, um, we had a, uh, a complaint last week, which we read out, um, which, um, pretty much, um, well, we lost a listener, um, uh, because of Mike Gutterman. Uh, let's, let's not, you know, let's not put too fine a point on it. Um, and, um, Mike reacted to, to, to that and he did a face cast on his, uh, in his negative positives group and, um, and the, you know, there were a few comments that came from that and some, some people, interpreted the way that we did that show as throwing Mike under the bus um, <laughs> um, uh, quite correctly uh, because we did because it was everything that has been going wrong in this show for the last like six weeks um, has been Mike Gutterman's fault um, and, uh, and you know and we, we, we made that quite clear um, so um, my, uh, Mike um, suggested that the um, the collective might uh, the negative positives film photography podcast Facebook group uh, should get in touch um, with uh, with us by email. Um, so and you know and it's it's famous that we uh, we we do read out just about everybody. Oh, sorry about that. Hey, Flynn. Yeah, that's Flynn. <laughs> um, that we do uh, read out all all the emails, um, whether they're praising us or or not, and. Um, and I'm just going to send over the uh, uh, tranche of emails now to you guys live. Um, and <laughs> here standing. we go. So, Can um, I... so, yeah. uh, so, Johnny, um, would you, uh, if you, if you've got your email open there, I've just sent over um, the, this, this section. Before we pop into that, I want to just say very quickly because I saw this comment this morning when I got up, um, and it's from James Cleveland, who we just read an email from. And James is commenting in the the Facebook group post for episode 135. Um, and he's saying, let's go to the tape, gentlemen. Uh, Fiero Gate started because Johnny asked exactly how many of your children were conceived in the Fiero, at which point Gutterman demurred, but was encouraged towards the precipice of crudity by none other than Mr. Johnny Sisson. Uh, Mike is innocent here. Uh, James has uh, is a hundred percent correct with this comment. He's a one hundred percent correct. So I think for again Jeremy North to be because he says earlier up a couple comments up from this. This um, he he's again blaming it all. He's saying that we admitted it was Mike's fault. I mean, obviously we're kidding about that because quite obviously we encouraged Mike when he came on this show to open up the, the doors of crudity. So, you know, he, he, he's only doing what we asked him to do as a guest on the show. Okay. Well, what are, you um, are we, are we okay. ready? To, are we ready to do the, uh, the, yes. the, the section of okay. uh, Mike Gutterman, uh, support emails? Certainly. Where are those? 
I just I the you you should have that now. Uh, in, in email or where? Yeah, yeah. I've I've, I've emailed it to yeah. Okay. I uh, let's see. There's one here. I have one. I have one fresh email from Gary South. Subject: Jerry, More Jerry, Gunnerman. That'll be Jerry. That'll be Jerry. Jerry. Okay. Jerry with a G. Like Jerry, like Jeff. not jerry like gif uh jerry south says more gutter men a breath of fresh air and some down-to-earth talk more please jerry so there we go we've got that's one now i don't think jerry is the proper opposite of jeremy (laughs) 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 right so uh so and that's it. Okay, excellent. Yeah. yeah. So um, we we're, we're at the end of that section now of um, support emails for for Mike Butterman. Uh, <laughs> I see where you went there now. Yeah. Now I got it. <laughs> um, right. Then. So uh, have you got any shout outs this week, uh, Perry? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Come back to me. Let me think about this. I know I should think about this every show, but I always forget. Yeah, uh, Johnny, have you got any shout outs this week? Uh, I, I have the same answer as Perry. I should think about it, but I, I can't. Talk yeah. right and I've, I've got the same answer as both of you. So we're, we're now back to Perry. This is your chance. Otherwise, you're going to have to say how <laughs> people can keep in touch with you. Uh, no, I don't have any shout outs this week. So, yeah, you can find me on uh, Flickr and Instagram at Perry G. And I will start posting some photos again soon once I've you know, God fix her to develop my film. Cool. And uh, Johnny, <laughs> how can good. people keep up with the things you, you get up to? Um, I'm not doing anything that anyone can keep up with at the moment, but you could visit one of my many unused Instagram properties. Uh, the most recent being uh, second city auto. So you can check, you can check out all three of my photos there. Okay. Um, and We've mentioned uh, Best Vintage Lens, but should we mention it again? Yes, we should. So Best Vintage Lens is, of course, our Instagram partner. So check them out over there. They post all kinds of pictures uh, all the time uh, from from vintage lenses. So check that out. Um, should I do the whole yeah. thing? All right. We'll do the whole thing right now. So in addition to doing that, um, you should send us emails, which we have proven yet again that we will read at some point in time. Uh, you can send those to classiclensespodcast at gmail.com. You can check out the podcast website at classiclensespodcast.com. You can get swag there as well. So be sure to grab yourself a hat or a t-shirt or something while you're there. Um, or some stickers. We have stickers too. Uh, we have underwear. Did I mention that we have underwear? We also have underwear. Um, what else do we have over there? Oh, we have beanbag chairs. Do you guys even know we have a beanbag chair? We do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we have a beanbag chair. Classic Lenses Podcast beanbag listening chair is available for purchase in the Classic Lenses Podcast shop. So check that out. Um, what else? I've completely <coughs> lost my train of thought. Have we, have we done emails? As in how to get in touch with us? Uh, I just did that. Yeah. Okay. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Just did that. Yeah. Uh, and then I started talking about beanbag chairs and now I've drawn uh, a complete blank as to everything else we do. Oh, no, I haven't. Uh, you can you can find us on uh, YouTube 
you can look us up at Classic Lenses Podcast on YouTube, and you can watch the subtitles and listen to the show. Um, you can do that. Um, you can. What else can they do? Oh, uh, don't forget to in the show notes or the Facebook group, uh, click on that BBC article link with a picture of the tree. Um, oh, right. Posting into our Facebook group right now and uh, use that background for some sweet bokeh. Yeah, there you go. God, you guys have got me mispronouncing bokeh. I know. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, we're not even saying bokake. We're not even saying it right. Yeah. No. It's a Japanese word. Or ufta. Or ufta, yeah. yeah. There you go. We're off our game today. Okay, well, um, I just want to say thank you to our coffee donor of this week, uh, which is Nigel Cliff. Um, and it says, uh, well, at least your socially distant shows will save me a few quid. <laughs> well, we've done two weeks on the trot now, Nigel. Uh, so there you go. Um, thank you very, very much. Um, okay, for is there anything else you want to get off the chest before I sign off? Nope. I feel, I feel like there is, but... Like, yeah, there, there always is, but there you go. Yeah. Next yeah. time, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. be back. Um, I thought we were going to talk about... Oh, no, we weren't going to read that one about Wisconsin. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. We weren't going to read that email about people from Wisconsin being racist dimwits. Yeah, but we but I, I we forgot. won't. We, we, we're not going to offend anybody. This no, we're not, we don't want to offend anyone. No, so no. We'll, we'll and and they voted the right way as well. So really, you should really moderate your tone. Yeah, you know what they did, but I'm not going to really give them any credit for that because it was just better voter turnout in the places that aren't. Full of racist dimwits. The racist dimwits still voted for Trump. Yeah, okay. so, but that's okay because uh, COVID is raging through Trump land. So the MAGA remover is in full force in America, baby. 2021. It's a fresh new start with fewer racists. And you can find me on Twitter. <laughs> at, um, as Simon Four, I'm on Instagram as Simon Forster Photographic, which is also the name of my website, SimonForsterPhotographic.co.uk, where you can buy all those wonderful uh, lens caps, uh, front lens caps, and also you can get in touch with me there if you've got a lens that you wish to have a cap for. Um, I'm talking more about front caps uh, rather than uh, if you've got some weird. Um, lens that needs a, a rear lens cap I will get round to all of those but I need to own them first whereas uh, front lens caps I just need dimensions and I can just make those for you um, so that's it um, I hope you've enjoyed this week's show and uh, if you can be like Carl love you Indiana 